You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, I'm the host of the podcast and I'm joined today by Chris and Greg. Hello guys. Right. Hello, how are we doing? Hello, I'm good. It's good to have the two years on. It's a shame we couldn't get Laurie involved, but he was having problems with broadband. So it's the three of us for the final podcast of the season. Which is, it's been a long season. It's only like 44 it's episodes. It's been a long haul, even yep. though I've only been about half a dozen of them. Are you been on more than that, Greg? You're a regular. No, no, still just a guest. Test spot, I don't want to commit. Um, I count myself to be part of the uh, permanent team. And anyway, I get bumped every time you get a better guest anyway, so... Aye, you were bumped when Derek Ray came on. Aye, Aye, I didn't get a look in, man. Never even get a text, not a phone call, nothing. It had to be done. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing is going to happen more regularly in the future, Greg, because even if we get a big name like Bob Malcolm, You'll be bumped. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If Bob Malcolm's come on, I'll be bumped that week. <laughs> <laughs> I would go and sign a few autographs. The thing is, if we get too many <laughs> special guests, then I'll be bumped as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just get Derek Ray to do a podcast. <laughs> uh, next time he's on, we'll say, you want to come on? By the way, you're host. <laughs> and get some what? guests. I wouldn't want to encourage that because he'd be far too good at it because we're killing amateurs, we are. I know, you're right. Especially me, Chris, with my boring introduction. It's the same one every week. I just can't think of anything different. You tried to change it up one week and it stopped recording, so where did he start? <laughs> I know, and then I couldn't do it again. I ended up reverting back, didn't I? Right, so this podcast is a wee bit of a different one because normally we've got our SPL review, blah, 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 but no, Scottish Cup final this weekend, so we've got that. We'll mention the charity bet and we've decided where the money's going to go, and then we'll just, well, how we ramble on about the, the season that's just passed and maybe look ahead to next season. So, best place to start, I think, is the Scottish Cup final. And Chris, I know you were there, and you had your sunglasses on by the sounds out on Twitter. I did. It's one of the few times this season I've managed to go to the football with sunglasses on and no jacket, because it was just warm enough. <laughs> nice. Just in time for the, the end of the season. Yeah, I've I seen the, the weather and well, you mentioned that it was maybe going to start raining at 3 o'clock, but it seemed really good on the TV. don't know what it was like there, whether it was a wee bit chilly or... Every time I checked the weather report, it said something different. When at one point it was going to be glorious sunshine and then at some point it was going to be chucking it at 3 o'clock and then another point it was going to just be cloudy at 3 o'clock. And, but to be honest, most of the game it was bright sunshine. and I wouldn't say it was scorching, but it was definitely warm enough you could stand in your T-shirt quite comfortably. Mm-hmm. I was watching a bit of the build-up on Sky Sports. I didn't watch a lot of it, but they had a nice wee bit about Griffiths and really just how he's a, a Hibs fan. Uh, yes, I grew up nice. in the, playing for like Leith or something, mm-hmm. which is a youth team, yeah. I came back after nice. the game and watched the, the Sky Sports one, and then I think I've stuck the BBC one to finish watching. <laughs> but I, 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 I kind of preferred the interview with Henrik Larson, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aye, when he had a wee dig about Lennon's looks. He did. Aye, he's no, he's no good looking boy. <laughs> aye, I did like that. It was frustrating because the BBC didn't have any HD coverage, or not on Sky anyway. So I had to go with Sky. Have you not found Channel 141 yet? Oh, you're BBC kidding me on. One, BBC One H, Scotland HD. Oh, what? I thought that yep. was just BBC One HD. No, they, they changed that a few, uh, a few months ago. Now. It's ah, now few BBC months, One aye. Scotland HD. So. Oh, you're rubbing it in now, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> a few months ago, it's been like that for ages. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that because I did the same for the Champions League final when I couldn't get it on ITV, so I ended up watching it on Sky. Yeah, they haven't sorted that yet. You can't get SDV HD on Sky yet, unfortunately. And it's been like that for years, and well, it's it, just really frustrating. You can program it in or something, but yeah. it stopped working. Well, it still works for me, but I don't think you can program it in for new new uh, customers. But you can't rewind it, and I like to rewind and take pictures and so on in the games of football. But I'll mention that a wee bit later when we're talking. Well, this is like an episode of Radio Times here. Got on with the blooming. <laughs> Got on with the fat bar. 
this is in, this is interesting football chat. Where can you watch in proper HD? Oh, oh, you you want a clearer picture of the rubbish you're watching in the park, don't you? A clearer well, I don't picture know. of Lee Griffiths' cup. The first seven minutes was really good, Greg. I, I really enjoyed it. Hibs were quite dominant, I would have thought, thought, in the first seven minutes, up until Hooper scored the goal, and then it was <laughs> a bit downhill for then on. Uh, peaked. That was a cracking save for Fraser Foster in that opening spell from uh, Owen Doyle's header. I think Doyle, maybe, if he'd put it further in the corner, would have been a bigger challenge for Foster, but still it was a good save to make. Yep, exactly, exactly. Aye. And then the goal came about, really started off by Brun. Yeah. Decent ball down the right, and then the, the cross came in. It was, it was two good crosses, really, because the first cross was, was quite good. And I don't know what happened, really, where I think it was Maybury that tried to clear so. it. I think he tried to swing too hard, if you know what I mean. Just went all out to hoof it and ended up just skiffing it. Yeah, and it kind of it ran out, and Anthony Stokes was able to stop it before it ran out. And, of course, he put in another cracking ball. At, I heard I watched this, the the sports scene highlights last night and Pat Bonner was slating him for not taking the cross. Now, leaving aside the irony of Pat Bonner slagging anybody for not taking the cross, um I don't think there was much he could do with it. It seemed to loop quite high and but it came down and dropped perfectly for Gary Hooper, I think. Where the keeper was at the time it was probably too high for him to come and collect. No, to be I, fair, I, I, I think the difference. Uh, well, I think the defence had more to do with it than the goalkeeper himself because I agree with that. Gary Hooper yeah. just wasn't picked up properly. Yeah, it's a lovely feel... deft touch for his side foot though, uh, into the net from that kind of angle. I don't know how you managed to get a volley in that situation. I'm not sure what the defence were doing. Was it uh, Foster and McGovern or was it uh, Hanlon? I think it was Hanlon. I don't remember how bonded. <laughs> And uh, McGovern at the back post, he should have been tighter anyway. He should have been within the, the laws of the game, but he should have been jostling Hooper and trying to put him off. But he wasn't. He was just seemed to be watching him. wasn't really sure what was going on there. Yeah, wasn't great defending, that's, no. <laughs> to say the least. That was the story of the, the afternoon, really. The amount of times that I've seen uh, the defence really trying to communicate but just the message not getting across. Like there was a, a couple of times that they, they went for a header and they bounced together or there was a chance when somebody had an easy clearance and somebody went for a, a bit of a dodgy header. It was pretty poor. One of the, the Ledley chances as well. I think it was Foster tried to hand Ledley off to Maybury and Maybury just ignored it. And that's how Ledley ended up through and goal. And he'd done well to get the shot away, a decent enough shot. And... Mm. But it was a save. I think we'll call it a save, despite it being straight out. He made himself big. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Aye. There's only two things that ever make themselves big. Goalkeepers and cats. <laughs> Cat, cats when they're intimidated make themselves big. They do. They do. Or is that just the cat in Red Dwarf that did that once? We'll discuss the cat banter later. We've got a section dedicated for it. That's where Greg's going to come in. <laughs> I was going to say, I can think of something else that makes it sound big, but I'll leave that to Laurie in these videos. <laughs> Maybe that's what Laurie's doing just now. I don't oh, think about that's it not an image. Wait, no, no. Let's, let's move on for that. Yeah, we'll move on to the second goal then. Yep, uh, pretty much a... Well, I'd like to say it was a carbon copy, but it was pretty much the Stokes carbon copy cross, and this time it was Gary Hooper getting his head on it instead of his foot. Yep. Good header, back across the face of goal. That's what uh, plenty of the pundits were suggesting Doyle should have done in the early stages with his header and had it kind of away from yeah. the, the way it come. It made it a bit easier for Foster. But in this case, Gary Hooper was able to head it back away it came. Ben Williams, again, don't think he had much chance for it. Aye, textbook. Aye, it was Commons that set up Stokes. I was a bit disappointed in Commons. I mentioned that in the forum and there was a couple of people disagreed with me completely and, and, almost, and put him up for man of the match. But I just thought Commons, was, especially in the second half, it was almost as if he wasn't playing. But maybe I'm just too critical and maybe I've got the second half stuck in my mind. I think the second half he got a few knocks. He did eventually go off and he didn't look too... He didn't look to be moving freely when he went off, so I wonder if it was maybe an injury. Because we were, ex I mean, for me, the most disappointing uh, Celtic player was James Forrest. Yep. 
Uh, I don't think he really... He didn't really look like he knew where he was meant to be playing. Um, and I, maybe it was a bit... So he'd just come back in for yet another injury. So I don't know if he was ready for the game or not. But So when Chris Commons went off before Forrest, I was a bit surprised. Yeah, I, same here. One thing, credit to Forrest, is that he never had... He, he, he didn't seem to do much, but I think it would be easy for a player like him to try and hide. But no, he was always looking for the ball and, and always trying to make his mark. But it just didn't seem to work for him. And yeah, I thought he should have went off. But well, we're not the boss away in that and maybe Commons did have a knock. And Griffiths had a... I was going to say a decent chance, but he got it got past Foster, who I thought done really well not to bring Griffiths down. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd done well to, to block the angle for the shot and not make contact. But Griffiths, I think he scored from a tight angle like that earlier in the season, but he's not going to do it again. He scored for a pretty Easter Road, he scored for a pretty tight angle. But uh, I think this one was even tighter still. I just, it's, it's, I just don't think it was physically possible to knock the ball into net for them. I think he used not his right foot off. as well. You can't do it with your right foot unless you use the outside yeah. of your foot a bit like Giggs. Use the outside of his left. He could maybe have bounced it off Foster. <laughs> it was maybe his best chance, but nah. For that angle, it was very tight. It was very hard to get. Aye. My question for that one was, what on earth was Charlie Mulgrew doing? <laughs> he seemed to leave it as if he didn't know Griffiths was there. Yeah, he switches off, yeah. And even then, he, he kind of jogged back when Foster started coming off his line. It's like, ah, oh, maybe just take up place on, this line, on the line and place to Foster and see what happens. Must be difficult for him not really knowing where he's playing where to specialise because he's getting moved about so often maybe oh, if, he'd, if that was maybe last season when he was played in the centre defence a bit more regularly then maybe he would have handled it a bit better playing left mid he'd be playing left back and centre half and I'm not going to start singing that song Chris <laughs> is that a song is that a good the, one the, yeah there's a Charlie Mulgrew song that goes to the tune of Dirty Old Town and that's the start of it Hey Greg, you look out the music <laughs> and then we'll, we'll get Chris to sing it at the end. I'll hum it. I'll beatbox it again. Oh, that beatbox episode was brilliant. I did any of that this season. I was tired of the beatbox. That was one of the highlights last season. Yeah. Oh, I, I really enjoyed it. Maybe at the end, Greg, I'll, I'll pester you into it. Yeah, maybe. Right, a contender for Man of the Match was Brown. And I've got to say, well, first of all, I don't like the guy. I don't like Brown, but we'll get that out of the way. On Sunday, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he did such a an unglamorous job sitting in front of defence, and the stuff that I really enjoyed from him was the, the simple stuff. The fact he was getting the ball for defence, and he was taking his time with the ball. He was just doing easy passes. I love easy passes. He was also, whenever there was a midfielder next to him, Claros, for example, the amount of times he muscled him off the ball, Thompson as well. So he was strong with it, simple passing, and also he was doing some incisive passing as well with he setting up the cross for the first goal. There was another one down the right. He might even have set up Stokes for the second one. Can't remember, but he done a similar ball to that one. Anyway, I was really impressed with Brown. I just wish he would cut out his silliness when Claros took him out. Brown should know just to, just to lie on the ground and let the referee deal with it. But instead he's up and he's in Clarice's face and he ended up getting a booking when there was no need for that. So if you just cut that out of the game, it made me a lot happier. Although there's a guy in the forum, Mr Green, he was saying that that's just part of his game and he wouldn't take it out of him because that's what makes him the player he is. But no, I would. I just wish he would just chill out. A few seasons ago, I might have agreed. I think when Scott Brown first came to Celtic, one of my big problems with him was he did seem to run around and kick people. He seems to have calmed down quite a bit. I don't know if the giving him the captain's armband has pretty much given him that sort of authority role now, so that he 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 knows to be, behave. He's, he's almost one of the elder statesmen in that team actually. Uh, and he's only in his, his 20s or something which is <laughs> frightening but uh, no I think I think Brown has calmed down quite a bit and I think uh, for me he was the man of the match I agree with you that he ran the midfield when uh, Victor Wanyama and Burham Kyle were both suspended for the game when they, when they picked up bookings in the semi-final the big concern was who were going to play in midfield and at the time obviously Scott Brown was out injured getting him back fit a couple of weeks before this final was a big boost and I think 
he played a big part in why Celtic went into the game having won the last couple of games and why they were they pretty much ran the midfield uh, in the Scottish Cup final as well. So I, I, for me, Scott Brown was man of the match. I'm not going to dispute who they did give man of the match to because I think he also had a good game, but I think they gave it to Brown. You know, there was an incident with Stokes where somebody was noising him up and I'm not sure if it was Claros again and Stokes just laughed. And it, there's nothing that's more annoying as a footballer when somebody's just laughing at you and you're all worked up. That's the kind of thing Brun should get back to doing. I remember him doing it for Scotland. It was a bounce ball and he ended up booting the ball off one of their players and it went out, I think, for a corner. And the, their whole team was going crazy and he just walked away laughing. I, I think that's a kind of mischievous thing he should go back to rather than his actually like getting angry and aggressive in folks' faces. Uh, it's, it's a good way to deal with it. It is a good way to deal with it, but I think... Maybe Scott Brown shouldn't be in your face wagging his finger at you. But I think Claros, as you say, he did spend a lot of time kicking people. So he <laughs> Maybe Scott Brown was not only being defensive about himself, but defensive of his teammates as well, like a good captain should. Maybe, maybe. I, I, that tackle that Brown was upset about, when I seen it real time, I thought, oh, that's a bit naughty for Claros, but at least they got the ball. I watched the replay. No, I didn't <laughs> no get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I wasn't refereeing for the couch. And in the third goal, we were discussing this on Twitter yesterday, yes, Chris. You mentioned because... that you thought it was offside because Hooper in the middle, when he, I don't know what he'd done, let the ball go through the legs, <laughs> I don't know what, what he was trying, but it looked really close. And I took a picture of my Sky Plus, and it's pretty lucky because Sky Plus is... When you're trying to pause it, you really got to get luck to get the exact time when the, the ball was crossed. But I managed to catch it and he was just marginally behind the ball. Yeah, yeah. I think your, your screen capture was absolutely spot on. Because when I, when I came in for the game, after uh, I got home for seeing this cup being paraded around, it was, I was read through Twitter and a uh, former schoolmate of mine, Kenny Duker, former uh, Gretner in East Fife previously as well. He was uh, tweeting that he thought Hooper was offside for the third goal, and I hadn't seen it at the time because I had a, a, a corner angle in the stadium. So when I looked back and I watched it in real time, it looked like he might have been offside, but your screen grab was absolutely spot on. So he was definitely just behind the ball and therefore just onside. Yep, and yeah, it, it, it went and completely swung at it and missed, which was hilarious. Given the guy was on a hat trick, it would have been the, the first hat trick since Gordon Jury scored against, his three against Hearts in 1996. Oh, uh, and would also have been the first hat trick for Celtic in a Scottish Cup final since Dixie Deans in 1972, ironically, against Hibs in a 6 1 gubbin. Good stats. It wasn't to be. wasn't to be. Uh, it was uh, Joel Edler that fired it into the net instead. Crack and finish. I thought Samaras was maybe going to swing at it, but he left it. Uh, top corner. I like Joe. So, McCourt came on as a sub and was given the captain's armband. Now, that's got to mean one thing, that he's off in the summer. Yeah, his contract's up. So, it's that, I mean, that doesn't fit in the song, fortunately. I mean, if you're going to sell McCourt, there might be a riot. But if you're going to release him because his contract's finished, it's fine. I think he needs to look at himself and I know that he's he's a Celtic fan and he's obviously loving the, the fans because they love him but he needs to move on for himself and try and get regular football because he's a good player and I think he needs regular football to get fit because right now it's just no good with him coming on 10 minutes and he's he just he huffs and puffs if he plays any longer than that he's a good player I just it just doesn't quite fit in at Celtic I would like to see him go somewhere else and I was hearing a, a rumour he might fall on Elm again up to Aberdeen actually that might work but wherever yeah. he goes I hope he, I hope he manages to get uh, some regular game time and I, I would like to see him delighting the fans because he he's one of those entertaining kind of players but I just doesn't he quite work at Celtic There's two, Celtic come up against too many defences are just completely packed with men and that makes his job a lot harder I think if he's away for Celtic, that wouldn't happen as much. Yeah. Right, I want to go off on a wee bit of a tangent here, but I was hearing there was a guy in the Hibs fans who was picking his nose and he was caught on camera 
and there's a few stills going about the internet about him embarrassing him. But then just to the right of him was Tom from Scottish Football Blog. He was on yep. the podcast this time last year. I think he's been on a couple of times actually, and he had the the grumpiest face you'll ever get. I think when I sent him that picture, he's the why he was along the lines of, yeah, I look like uh, my team's struggling to get back into a Scottish Cup final. <laughs> I think that probably summed up. To be fair, he wasn't the only grumpy face in that screenshot. Yeah. There's quite a few grumpy faces. Well, at least one person was uh, happy digging away. <laughs> ah, that's just embarrassing. I got caught in a Rangers game. I think it was again, it was in Europe, maybe Sporting Lisbon. I was yawning. I was embarrassed with that. Is that under Walter Smith? It was, aye. I'm fairly sure I yawned through a few of those games as well. <laughs> oh, I hated watching Rangers at you. I think I think that's actually the year I stopped watching Rangers games. I just gave up with it because they were just depressing. You just got all the way to Manchester. But... I think oh. it was, aye, it was the, the drink as well, I think, that caught up with me. You know what it's like <laughs> when you've went half an hour, an hour without a drink? Aye. Oh, the hangover's already kicking in. I was when the when Celtic got the trophy. I didn't watch it. I have to be honest because I switched off at full time. I didn't really want to see Celtic jumping about celebrating. But but I seen it in the highlights and I read it in the paper that some fans were blocked from seeing the the cup being lifted by the inflatable William Hill sign, which I think is embarrassing. Imagine how raging you'd be if you were sitting there and you couldn't see it just because of this. Stupid sponsor. Balloon. On the North Stand? I never thought of that. I was in the South Stand, so I had a pretty good view, but I never thought the guys in the North Stand would have been bought with it. But you're right, yeah, they would have been. Because those things are massive. If they've done that, that's outrageous. That's pathetic. It wasn't lifted they... up, so it was it was still on the ground, but it's still going to be blocking people's view. Aye, the sort of front rows. Yeah. Because even when it's sitting on the ground, it's quite big. Like fat and... saucy thing. <laughs> Yeah, I was struggling to describe it. When they went up to lift the cup, why, why we did they there. do it? Yeah. Why did they do it when the the captain just lifts it straight away? Why did they not go down the Champions League route and let the whole team up there and give them all no. their medals and then let them all jump about like dafties? I disagree with that. I have always preferred when the captain leads the team up. He gets the trophy first and then passes it down the line. And everybody gets a wee shot of lifting it. I think that works better. They're getting the whole team up and then the captain goes up last thing is purely for photos. I think it spoils it. I pr- much prefer it when they send the captain up first to get it. The captain goes up, he gets the trophy and they pass it down the line and then everybody gets a wee cheer as they lift it up. Greg, what do you prefer better. when your team lifts a trophy? And remember, <laughs> Mate, I, don't, I don't care if one go up, they all go up. Then they will go up just as long as we lift something sometime before I pop my clogs again. Is it 91 was the last time you won so? 91, mate. Mm. 91. We've not even been close since. Uh, you were co- close surely to... you were close two years ago when we beat you in the Scottish Cup final. <sighs> Aye. You no saw that game, Chris. We were miles away, but as well getting pumped out in the second round. For the good we did, and then Rangers pumped us in the CIS in, in 2005. Nah. I don't have that many happy memories. Recent memories are harmed in any way, you know. I think when it, it's the same as most of these games. You always, you always need to get the first goal. And I think yes. when, Key, when Key get the first goal in that cup final, yes. the team was out. It was the same uh, yesterday with the, the Scottish Cup final against Hibs. It was, if Hibs had managed to get the first goal, they just stood a chance. But as soon as we first scored, it was kind of, you feared the worst, especially with that early in the game. Aye. It was one of these. Hibs, Hibs had to turn up and play really well and Celtic had to have an off day and neither of those things happened. So, uh. foregone conclusion really, wasn't it? Did you Which guys a- think that uh, Lee Griffiths was injured? Yes, yes. Uh, I don't he think seemed he to spend at all. The, most of the first half, he seemed to be holding his leg at any opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple of tackles that, that seriously hurt him, but I think it was just generally sore. And there was rumours that he'd went to hospital on the Thursday after a training ground incident. And I, I think that must have been true because, yeah, he, was, he just wasn't comfortable at all. And in the second half, I, I can't really remember him doing anything. It just... No, just really faded. I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did, but I think Hibs were just leaving him out there for hope more than anything else. Because at 2-0, there was always a chance if they got one, they could fight back, but just never really looked like getting it. Yeah. Aye, so that's it. Another year 
and Hibs fans are upset again. I see them there's, there's an advert in the programme. Tesco Banks was doing 5.1% loans. There's a, there's a few Hibs fans getting a wee bit, getting their knickers in a twist about that. It's, it's one of these as well, because I remember the feeling a couple of years ago um, when you're coming back for Hamden and, and your team haven't showed up and you've you've been given a bit of a doing. And you just, I remember thinking, I just wish we'd get beat in the semi-final. It's just literally that bad, you know. I'd rather, I'd rather get tanked it in the semi-final than get to a final and lose. And all these people that say, "Oh, it's a great occasion you get to a final." It's only a great occasion if you win. If you get beat, it's nothing worse. No, there's no worse feeling like it. It'd be better getting put in the first round. And I'm sure that's how the Hibs fans feel as well. I don't know. I, I, I to be honest, I thought Hibs did a reasonable account of themselves. They certainly played a lot better yesterday than they did 12 months ago. Aye. Aye, that, that wouldn't be hard right enough. Ah, well, because against Hearts, they never turned up for Aye. about 40 minutes, and then they played five minutes at the end of the first half, and then came out and got a man sent off, and apparently for outside the box. You just wonder as well, with that seem getting the final two years in a row, you wonder whether they're going to get back to the final any time soon. i seen, was it London Hearts on Twitter, tweeted about that the last time they were in the, the final two years running, it was in the 20s, and it took them about another 20 years to get back to the final after that. Yeah. Yeah, and I know they're, they're the first they're the first team to lose back to back Scottish Cup final since Dundee United in eighty seven to St Mirren and eighty eight to Celtic. Yeah. So uh, if I remember rightly, though, the next time Dundee United were in the final, they won it. So there's your hope for Hibs. Only took them in ninety four. Ah, they get beaten ninety one as well. Oh, of course, aye. I but know, ah, you're right. Ninety four, I think, I, was the, they finally they finally broke the broke that hoodoo because they'd went in a wee run. Of, uh, Aye, like it was like seven or something. Like that, Aye, it was, it was it was a number of years they got to the final and just never managed to do it. But they were getting there pretty consistently. But I, I just worry for Hibs. I don't. Um, I'm not sure they're going to be hitting the final anytime soon. I think they Probably punched just above their well. weight this season. Definitely, I think there was many of us predicting that they would be relegated, and there was a point where it was looking like a possibility if they went. They went. Was it 14, 15 games without a win after almost? Been in contender, contention yeah, I mean, for the, the title. Their cup, their cup runs sort of plastered over the cracks a wee bit. Yeah. Easter Road, they've been put out that cup pretty early. Um, then as it's all around, it's a really disappointing season for them. But they were yeah, very but... strange. I thought I mean, they they got off to an absolutely horrendous start against Dundee United the first game of the season, but then they went on a really good run, got to the top of the league in November, and then fell away dramatically and ended up bottom six. But even once the bottom six was finished. What was it? The one three and drew two. And I think finished, they finished seventh. seventh. Yeah. yeah. So they, so there's a good team in there. They just they seem to go through a really bad spell at the wrong time. Well, it was like Ross County, but the complete opposite. They went through a really good spell and got themselves uh, the what, was it ninth or tenth ever at one point. They got up into the, the top six. But it all comes down to when you when you hit your good spell. I think. St Johnston as well. They were third in November, I think it was. And then they only just came back on the last day Well, to get into Europe. Game 38 is when you might be third in it. Inverness were third for a long time. In fact, Inverness were second for a long time. Until Motherwell yes. got their act together and uh, overtook them. And they're pretty much worthy of their second place, I think, Motherwell. Uh, it's been an interesting season. It's like, there's not many folk would have predicted uh, the top six, bottom six. No, I don't think anybody would have predicted both the Highland sides being the top six. I think you'd be lucky if you predicted one of those two. Inverness yeah. would probably have been your favourite because Ross County had just come up, but to get both of them up there was fantastic. For for me, they they've been the, the the success season in Scotland, the Highland teams. Yeah, definitely a uh, decent football as well. I do fear that uh, Inverness is is maybe a bit too reliant on Mackay, but because I think they'll struggle with Shani next year. Is it Birmingham? He's away to. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right too. I I think Inverness will, will toil next season to repeat their um, repeat their higher league finish, higher league finish of this year. But I, I mean, it's an incredible season because I think at the summer butchered something like six or seven full time pros in that squad. It was it was a squad that was decimated and he's more or less built it up from nothing again. So a great achievement. But you wonder whether he can work the same miracle next season, especially with Dundee United looking a wee bit better. You've got um, a new manager in Aberdeen, so you'd expect him to kick on as well. 
I mean, Hibs, I suppose if they keep improving, they've got to be looking at the top six as well. So I think they'll have a fair bit of competition. And who knows we'll get, what we'll get with Hearts. Yes. I mean, they're, they're youngsters actually look pretty decent. Yep. Yep. Oh, they signed uh, the boy Wilson today, didn't they? Signed him. Aye, the three-year contract. I'm surprised they managed that. Interesting that you're yeah. facing administration, but you can splash it wages in a three-year contract for a guy that, let's face, isn't going to be cheap. No, he's not going to be cheap at all because you rewind back a couple of years, maybe three years now, when he was at Rangers and he rejected a deal with them, and yeah. they would have been offering him decent money. So he's went away, had his head turned by Liverpool and their cash, and then went to Hibs. It'd be a total guess, but it's going to be over five grand a week he'll be getting. Ah, oh, easy. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting that they can afford that kind of thing, but it's good. I like to see that for uh, Wilson's sake because when he was at Rangers, I was really quite excited about what kind of player he was going to become because he was playing in the Champions League and it, it didn't phase him at all. He just he really looked like a, a good prospect for Scotland. And then he went to Liverpool reserves and really faded. So I hope he does well at Hearts and I hope he really comes back into contention in the national team because I think he could be a, a centre-half for quite a while if he gets played there. He's often played at left-back, isn't he, for Hearts. I know he'd done that occasionally back at Rangers, but I think it was centre-half where he excelled. But uh, next season, they could be hit with a points deduction if the SPL can find out exactly what's happening with you, Big, and if they decide that they're not going to backdate it. I'm, I don't really know. They, they didn't close the door on that one, but I'm not really sure if the option's open to them because surely by now the, the league share's been passed between Partick and Dundee and yeah, the transfer's done. There's not a date sometime. Was it the 20th of May or so? I can't remember. There's a date somewhere that they actually decide that's the season finished. I think as long as they got past that particular date without any, um, without any administration, then they were okay. But it then obviously kicks in the next season if there is any action to be taken. So they would, they would start with a point deficit. I think is the Aye. is the plan. As far as I know, the, the the SPL officially end their season after the final league games have been played. So they'd have been Sunday the nineteenth. So I think that's yeah. probably the the twentieth. So twentieth rings a bell. I think was the date that if they if they made it past that. I thought, One I thing th- that changed my mind about that, Chris, was the fact that they were talking about voting for the SPL and they were saying they had ten days for the emails to come in and yeah. Dundee were included in that vote. So the I reason, normally thought it was the day after the league finished. No, the, the, the reason Dundee are included in that vote is because they are still technically part of the SPL until they transfer their share. The transfer of the share doesn't take place until it's requested, and it doesn't get requested until they have their AGM, which they usually have in June. So okay. once, they, once they have the AGM and that's been requested, Dundee then have seven days to transfer it to Patrick Thistle. So Dundee are still technically part of the SPL at the moment, even though they've been relegated, which is... This weird stuff kind of works. Strange, yes. Uh, it'll be interesting next season to see how Hearts do. Remember, Dundee had the 25-point deficit and uh, they went on a ridiculous run of form. Yeah, they did not finish what, second or third that year. <laughs> yeah, they would have blown that league away if they had yeah. been for that 25-point deduction. Uh, they had a, a great season. That was under Barry Smith, if I remember, actually. That's just as he took over. I still feel sorry for him. I thought he did a he did an alright job with Dundee. I think it's been kind of overshadowed by the fact that John Brown managed to get some kind of siege mentality out of him. <laughs> the master tactician. Aye, <laughs> uh, I'll be interested to see how he gets on next season actually because he's not going to have that same pressure. I think he used that pressure to get Dundee playing, so I think it's a different sort of challenge for him next season to try and get him back to the SPL. They've got to burn that chance. I would think. I'm not really sure what to expect from the first division. It was so tight this year, but then you've obviously lost Dunfermline. Hey, yeah. Morton, you've got Queen of South coming up. They're spending almost half a million on a new pitch, so I'm not sure if that's they're going to be able to spend. They're losing their top striker, apparently. Spotted trying to buy a, a new Mercedes. You don't buy that on Queen of South wages. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what we get in the, the, the second tier next season, actually, because there's still that talk it could break away and be the SPL too. 
And then that, and if that happens, then what we might see is we might see a, a one-up, one-down, and then playoffs between second bottom of the top tier and second, third and fourth of the, the second tier. So that might actually make the first division more exciting. As long as it's a proper playoff, a single final, a single leg final, none of this yes. two-legged affair. I, I was watching the the playoff to get into the Premier League in England earlier today, and I was trying to compare it to my time at the Rex when I watched Aloha against Dunfermline, and there was a lot of similarities there, but the, the main difference was that it didn't feel like a final when I was there, because it was two legs. It, it was good to win, but it, it wasn't the end of the, the tie, there was only 50%. Yeah. Gone's only half yeah. time. Whereas the, the the game today when Palace won, that's a proper cup final. That's what if, I want in Scottish football. The problem is, where would you hold it? I know I know what they tend to do in England is everybody goes to Wembley and then you end up with these big massive crowds going but that doesn't happen in Scotland. You're not gonna get a first division team filling Hamden. You'd need yeah. to hold it somewhere else. I mean, if it was, if it was say, Mort, who finished second or third? Morton and Falkirk. See? If they played in a final, would they really go to Hamden with a Morton Falkirk game? I don't think so. Well, they're bumming about Easter Road being uh, one of the top stadiums in the country after their East Stand upgrade. Could use that. Yeah, could use that. That's probably an idea. But yeah, they, they should have it as a one leg, a one single game affair for the final between two teams. I'd still prefer it to be a promotion only thing. I don't like this the second bottom team get to join in and exactly, yes, survive. It should be a promotion playoff, not a, a promotion slash survival playoff. Yeah, I agree hundred percent with that as well. But no, I think I think that would definitely whatever they do it's going to increase excitement for that kind of thing. Because I think yeah, Worthington could... will fancy their chances of getting in Falkirk would fancy their chances uh, Morton if they continued like they did last season, like you say Queen of the South if they can manage to kick on and Play in the first division, you never know. But Allah might pop up and uh, attempt to have a third consecutive promotion. That would be some going if Paul Hartley could pull that off. I don't really see it because I think the first division is quite strong, but you never know. I'm not. I'm not so sure that Hartley will be there. He's got to be attracting interest now. He's, he's one of the top young managers in the country, I would say. Uh, taking them two consecutive promotions at Aloha, they're not a big club. No, but he's done really well with him, so hard to fault him. Yeah. Aye, so for looking at next season, I suppose I should really give Rangers a wee mention with the, the new signings. They can't really play yet until September. Uh, yeah. the, the, have you heard the wee uh, rumour going around with that one? They could play a, a trialist. No, there's a story suggesting that the wee trick Rangers are trying to use here by signing them up and being able to play them for January 1st does, oh sorry, uh, September the 1st doesn't work because the ruling in the SFA handbook actually says that it's if they don't find employment and technically Rangers signing them as employment so they've found it so they can't be registered on September 1st. They would need to wait till January. Alright. Oh no, I didn't hear about that. That'd be interesting if that, that came back to bite them because you would have thought that there was some learned guys looking at the, this kind of situation and, and making a choice based on what they see as facts. Well, it, it kind of suggests that the people at the SFA have a brain, which I'm not entirely convinced about. <laughs> Especially when it comes to these signing the players up because you get some dodgy characters at the SFA with that. I'm still sore about Jim Farry. <laughs> Well, Reagan's thoroughly deserved his 33 grand a year pay rise for all he's done for Scottish football in the last for year. His, for his Armageddon prediction that never came about. Still waiting on it. How's that Armageddon going anyway? Aye, so we're, we're stealing Nicky Law from Motherwell. It's Judas. Okay, okay Humphrey. <laughs> Judas. John Daly. Cammy Bell. Uh, interesting times for Rangers. I hope that we get Nicky Clark as well. I was hearing that he's off to Ibiza today. So he would be better behaving himself there. If I, if I hear about him with a bottle of water, I'd be, I'd be in trouble. I don't know. Do you not think, do you not think Rangers are just redoing now what they did last summer? And as much as they're buying arguably some of the better players in the SPL, same as they yep. did last summer, it never really worked out for them. Exactly what they're doing. For me, the highlight... When it came to Rangers this season, 
was nothing to do with the likes of Ian Black or Francisco Sandaza or all the players that signed for the top divisions. It was the youngsters. The youngsters coming through were the ones that stuck out. With the possible exception of Lee McCullough, who seemed to find his level in the third division. Don't, no, no, I'm not going to have anybody say a bad thing about Jig. <laughs> that big dump that could play anywhere. Any league in the world, probably. Yeah. But one positive thing, world, anyway. unique set of attributes that he's got. Cammy Bell's a good signing because he's going to be cheaper than Alexander. So that makes sense financially in terms of quality. I know a lot of people say that Bell's a better keeper than Alexander, but I like Alexander for what he done for Rangers. He was quite happy being second choice and only getting the odd sniff at the games, for example, the UEFA Cup run. As I'm a, quite, quite I happy being that. second choice and sitting getting, what, 20 grand a week? Mm-hmm. What a man. <laughs> Quite happy <laughs> doing that as well. What a Back trooper. <laughs> no, I haven't even run about and he's getting 20 grand. Bye. Other than that, I don't know what to expect for next season. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. I'm predicting Nicky will all be rubbish. <laughs> Do you think so? Predicting I'm wanting to be. go far in the Harry Ramsden's Cup. That's what I'm wanting. <laughs> <laughs> go far than he did this season, you mean? That's it. You're right. See if, see if Rangers got to the final of that, where would they hold it? Because usually they hold it somewhere like Livingston. Yeah. Would they just go, I oh, better hold it Hamden? Hamden. Oh, I don't know. I never really thought that far ahead, Chris. I wasn't really sure we'd make it that far. Fuck, <laughs> he's a break. You should make that. You should squish that stupid cup. Here, he's going to drop any points next season. Uh, you've got a Queen of the South record to chase. <laughs> right. What, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Gio the Jer from the forum, see what he thinks, see if we're going to drop any points at all, see if we're going to lose any goals. Uh, 56 and counting, or whatever it is his name. Oh, he loves that. He loves that. Oh. It's 56 and counting. Right. Right. He's that definitely... He's definitely... Uh... <laughs> Right, so you're hoping for a, a European run, Greg? Next season? Uh-huh. Uh, I, no, I think um, I think we'll get papped to Europe pretty early doors. Probably the first um, the first tie we play. And I think I think we're looking at bottom six next year. Think so? Yep. No. Yep. Yep. I, I, I look at the players that we're potentially going to lose. Laws away, he's gone. Randolph's away. And the people that discount the number of points that Dan Randolph has earned us over the last three years have got their head in the clouds. I agree with you on that one, but if you can get Craig Sampson, I think that's an excellent replacement. Uh, he's off to Kelly, as far as I'm aware. Is that because he's off to Kelly, definitely? Off to Kelly. I've heard, so, heard Kelly were trying to get him, I wasn't sure if that was going to happen. That's a shame, de- man. We definitely, um, we definitely approached him and um, I'd offered him a deal, but no, he's, he's chosen to go into Killis at the moment. We've got a very nervous-looking Lee Hollis between the sticks. Higdon. Take yourself <sighs> to Dumbarton and see what Craig Gordon's talking about. <sighs> he says he's going to come back. Talk of that as well, but I mean, he's not going to barely string two games together. He's finished. So we've got problems at the back. If Higdon goes, we've got problems up front. We've lost Nickel off midfield. Probably lose Chris Humphrey. Tom Hately at right back, probably going to lose him too. I, I look at the guys going out the door, and uh, they're all first choice players. And I mean, there's even guys like Hately who isn't a superstar. Somebody was telling me he's played out of a possible 152 games, he played something like 148. So you're immediately losing guys that have been um, in and about that team for the last three years. So I think, regardless of what McCall does in the transfer window this summer, I think we're. Uh, I think we're certainly... If, if we were to make top six next year, I think it would be, be a great season. I, I don't see us doing it. You, you must be that, positive think, because he's think, staying. That's the thing, yeah. That's the one positive is McCall is staying. He's told Sheffield United to go raffle. So uh, that's a bit of continuity. That will he's de- there to rebuild now. It, it definitely is. I mean, that's a, it's a big decision for us. It's a, it's a really uh, a really positive one. But um, I still think he's got a job in his hand. Bringing in, I mean, there's no way he's going to he's going to bring in like for like replacements for the players that we're losing because they they, they just they just don't exist. You're going to have to be incredibly lucky 
to replace. I mean, the other thing is Michael Higdon might stay. I think out of the ones that I've mentioned there, there's probably a reasonable chance he might still be around, but I'm I'm 90% sure the rest of them will all be will be walking away. And if Higdon does go, I mean, you're taking 20 odd goals at a side. Nicky Law chipped in me six or seven this season as well. Chris Humphrey chipped in me four or five. I mean, you're more or less taking uh, the vast majority of goals right out of that side. And yet, again, we lose a guy who, between the sticks who has been, I think it's something like one in three clean sheets he had. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to ship goals. We're maybe not going to score many goals. And I, uh, I, I, I think uh, I think next season's going to be a bumpy one. Do we know McFadden's doing yet? McFadden, I, I mean, I don't, He's been offered. Um, he's been offered the deal. I don't see McFadden signing anything until possibly the last moment, and even then, it would it would only be if there was nothing else coming in that he, um, that he fancied. So, uh, I, I would, again, there's, there's of all the guys I mentioned, there's there's a chance he might hang around as well. But if he hangs around, I think it will be on a on a month to month rolling deal with the. Condition if a better offer comes in, he goes. I, I, I certainly don't see him signing two years. I don't think we can offer him uh, a contract for two years either. He's 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 on far too much money at the moment, so there wouldn't be some sort of compromise there. But I'd, I'd be I'd be surprised if he was um, if he was with us long term next season. He might hang about for a couple of months, play the European games. After that, I'm pretty sure he'll be off ski. I'm seeing that Higdon's pretty settled on a, a personal side of things and. He is, yeah, he is. So. The only complication for Higdon is the guy that was his agent up to now has got a job with a football club now. So he currently doesn't have an agent, but as you can imagine, he's got umpteen agents on the phone to him saying, mm-hmm. just did the best season of your career. Come with me and I will get you X, Y and Z. So I think that's muddied the water a wee bit. Had he had the same agent and you know, with the news of McCall staying, I think there would have been a reasonably good chance he would have signed on. But um, I think at the moment he's just sort of weighing up his options just now. And again, for a guy like that, if he gets a, um, a sort of bigger money offer somewhere else, then uh, again, a wee bit like Nicky Law as well, you can't really blame these guys for taking the for taking the bigger money moves. I mean, every day in the, every day in their own profession would do the same sort of thing, you know, so uh, again, he's another one, it depends what comes in for him, but um, it'd be great if he stayed, I don't know, I think there's a more likely chance he will be. Uh, so, we talked, we're talked about next season, what about highlights from our own team from this season? Now start off, we mine, it's quite difficult to, to really talk about achievements on the park because there wasn't many. The, the Motherwell's probably the, the biggest game that we had, but I think it was really the the crowds that we had and the, the sellout crowd we had at the the celebrations. I think it was against Stirling Albion. I really enjoyed that. I know that, that Chris will say that it was it's a, a new club and we had we shouldn't be celebrating our birthday like that <laughs> so soon. But I'd say that's my highlight. It's not uh, really football. It was more the occasion that to I be really honest, enjoyed. That, the fact you have a team to watch at all should be the highlight of this season. Because it would have been very easy for you not to have had a team to watch this season. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, whether you agree with the, it's a, a new club or whether it's the same club or what, you went through hell and uh, as a fan in the summer and there is a club there in the, the third division for you to go and watch so yeah. the fact you've got that at all is probably a highlight right I'll, I'll take that then I'll take that as, as my highlight Chris so <laughs> what about you is it going to be is it going to be Barcelona easily that's that's the highlight of this season it's one of the highlights of any season, as far as I'm concerned, that night was phenomenal. And the fact it came 24 hours after the the celebrations we had the, at the St Mary's, uh, just along the road to Celtic Park, we had a big celebration for the 125th anniversary of Celtic's founding. And 24 hours later, you have this massive display for the Green Brigade that covers the stadium. It looks absolutely fantastic. And then, just to top it all off, you can beat one of the best teams in the world. Well, I'd say that because... 
it's almost been a wee bit of shine taken off that because Barcelona have pretty much crashed and burned since that defeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the 7-0 gubbing off Bayern Munich has uh, rather shown it up for what it was. But at the time, Barcelona were beating everybody. The only team that had beaten them at all up to that point in the season was Real Madrid in the Super Cup. Uh, I think they drew with them in the league as well. So Barcelona were unbeaten in the league. We're still in the Copa del Rey. Had a lot, they, I think they'd won their three Champions League games up to that point, and then we go, we turn up and beat them 2-0, eh, 2-1. It was 2-0 at one point. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that for me was was one of the all-time highlights uh, of supporting Celtic, let alone this season. But, I mean, on, away from that, the European campaign as a whole was fantastic, because all I wanted to do was get back to the Champions League group stages. And we did that. We won the four, all four of the, 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 the games in the two-leg ties. The, the two rounds against Helsinki and Helsingborg. Uh, I got to go to Lisbon finally, which was a fantastic trip, even if it was probably the worst game we played. We did score over there for the first time since uh, 67, which was nice. Um, the win in a way to Spartak Moscow was probably the other highlight for the group stages. I mean, that's uh, the monkey off the back. And then we got that the, the two-leg tie against Juventus in the last 16, which... Getting the last 16 itself was just amazing. The fact that we never expected to get in like that. No, I don't think anybody did. The defeat to Juventus was like, it was was a bit of a disappointment in the way we did it, but even being there was amazing. I think we'll be looking to push on again next season, but it's going to be difficult with the the three qualifying rounds we need to play. That's a long way to go before you can get back even in the group stages. Let alone talking about the last 16 again. Uh, but yeah, a long to, season. It is a long season, but to cap it all off. We've won the league, we've won the Scottish Cup. We've got to be happy with that. I mean, you could nitpick and say, yeah, we lost to St Mirren in the, the League Cup semi-final, but you always lose that damn tournament. I hate the League Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so many. I, I, I was thinking about this even yesterday. I've been to, that was my fourth Scottish Cup final, from what I remember. My first one was 2004, and we've won all four. And you compare that to the League Cup, uh, and I think the only one, the only one I've been to with one was the week that Jimmy Johnson died, so nothing was going to happen except winning that. Uh, the one time we beat Rangers in it, I was in New York, so I missed it. I've seen us lose to Rangers, I've seen us lose to Kilmarnock. I've even through the the nineties, I remember us losing to Rays Rovers. It was that was always the cup that just stabbed me in the heart. Whereas the Scottish Cup was always the cup that we did really well in. So, I mean, to, to win the the league and the cup double. And that's Neil Lennon now joining the likes of Jock Steen and Barry McNeil as someone that's won it as a player and a manager. So, I mean, Jock Steen and Barry McNeil are two names that are synonymous with Celtic's history. They're just as bigger men than they two. So, yeah. for Neil Lennon to be put up alongside them is a, a phenomenal achievement, personally, for him. Right, Greg, what about you then? Oh, blimey, loads. loads of, it's a difficult one to choose this season because we've got everything for, for Motherwell making their debut in the Champions League, something that I never... I never thought I would live to see, and I probably, I probably never see again. Even though the the result wasn't um, wasn't much good, watching the watching the teams coming out against Panathinaikos was just an incredible moment. Other than that, I suppose finally, finally getting the monkey off our back and beating Celtic a couple of times at Fir Park after it's been a just a depressing drought, especially the, the first midweek game. I remember just the sense of relief coming out the stadium, and then knowing it would finally, um, we'd finally got a victory at home against Celtic and. So I put to bed the, the hoodoo. Other stuff, um, I suppose Higdon beating, um, beating the record for goals up there is a good moment. McFadden re-signing as well, big highlight, and him, him scoring his, his, his uh, first goal back against Hibs and his free kick against Mirren. Um, great days there. But the one that the one that sticks out for me is uh, beating Hibs 3-2. Uh, back in December, coming back for two 0 down to beat them three two the day before my fortieth birthday, and uh, and just uh, just a great day out in Edinburgh, uh, before and after, and a a riotous train journey home. It's, 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 it's days like that that, for me, it's still those days that get me paying my season ticket and coming back to the football because without them, I would struggle year on year to justify the cost. But it's it's just worth it for that one time you've a you've a great day out and a great result. So yeah, hibs away for me highly. Good stuff, Greg. I was wanting to move on to mention the charity bet. <laughs> Some nice positivity here. We do the charity bet every week and McBookie 
are good guys. They give us £10 bet every single week and we try our best to win. But to be honest, we're rubbish. But we've still managed to win something for charity. And we were discussing who we were going to give it to. And there's been some suggestions on the forum about some charities. And it's difficult to choose. But Greg mentioned Click Sergeant. And last year we went with York Hill. And I think Click Click Sergeant are very close to York Hill. They're a charity that work with children and young people who suffer with cancer. They provide uh, support for the the families and the sufferers. And I don't want to go into it too much because it's quite an upsetting topic, but we managed to raise £333 over the season. So we'll be donating that to Click Sergeant, and it just goes to show that the, the podcasts are worthwhile. So thanks to McBookie for that, and thanks to, to Chris and Greg as well, and Laurie, and anyone else that's been on the podcast for, for helping us choose the, the charity bet and, and helping us make some money that's hopefully going to go and do some good. No, it's, it's great. I mean, these, some, sometimes these, I know I'm not on the podcast every week, but sometimes these Monday nights you think, God, can I be bothered doing this? And then you think, well, at least if it keeps going, and at least if we keep chipping away at the charity bet, that's that's three hundred odd quid that's gone to charity that otherwise wouldn't have been going there. And as it's the same old story, every every wee bit helps. That three hundred pound will pay for somebody to have a have a night in a flat at York Hill instead of having to travel home at night. So as the impact of these things is is huge. Yeah, I think this is such a good charity that. that it does things that you, you don't really think about and, and what you touched upon there, allowing families to stay with their with their kids when they're, they're suffering. And at York Hill, for example, there's some people, like, I live fairly close to York Hill, so if, God forbid, anything like that was to happen, I, I could probably travel, but there's some that can't, there's some that can't afford to, and to get that support is just yeah. brilliant. So I think it's a, a really good charity. To support so £333 to Click Sergeant. Thanks to McBookie for the £10 a week that they give us. They don't have to do that, so pleased with that. That would have been great all season, McBookie. I think yep. they, were, they were really good this weekend actually because we had asked for some awkward. <laughs> I, we, we went for Celtic to win and Commons and Griffiths to score any time, and the response back my contact was you can't do that bet and I replied back saying yeah I know that but can you give us odds anyway and they did they gave us odds uh, they gave gave me odds personally to be next Scotland manager <laughs> I never thought I'd get odds of that I was the same odds as Neil Lennon actually so I'm a sim- similar kind of guy to Neil Lennon apparently but uh, they were good and also I wanted to give a mention to uh, the footy gaffer he won £5 from the predictor on the forum and he donated that to the charity bet and he won, I think, £13 because he went for Celtic minus one and Bayern Munich this weekend. So he could have pocketed that, but no, he chipped in to the charity bet. So. Excellent. Good man. I'm pleased with that. Did he, did he actually take his money from the predictor and then put it on a different bet from ours? <laughs> <laughs> did, yeah. Imagine that. Eh? Can, can we get him to do the charity bet more often? Because it won. <laughs> the thing is, he went he went simple and easy, but we often do that. <laughs> well, the other bet we had this weekend was one pound on Dortmund, Hibs, and Palace to win. So, but Palace did win, but that wouldn't have counted. That would have been a draw officially a draw, in ninety though. minutes. Yep. Yeah. So we weren't a disaster. <laughs> just close to a disaster. Just close. Just, yeah. just out of interest, because I, I put the same bet on myself uh, through my own McBookie account, but just to uh, just to balance my bets, I, I, I bet the exact opposite as well. So of course that never came up either. Probably draw the day, so I was knackered both right. I Palace were always looking good from what I seen today. Really, I heard that the game was absolute garbage. A lot of folk have said that. They weren't watching the game. They were watching I wasn't, They had another channel. I was at work. So. <laughs> Despite the fact it's a bank holiday Monday, I was at work today. So. 
I know. Aye. I need to pay use double time for this podcast today. <laughs> Got a day off in lieu. Aye. The good thing is if Palace won, that means uh, you know always back in the Premiership. It's always good. Always, he's a great character. So. Definitely. Definitely good banner. Aye, Phillips. Kevin Phillips back in the, the Premier League as well. He scored the penalty. How old is that guy? 39. I want to see another season out of him. Yeah, he's just a snippier boy at 39. That's not old. <laughs> he he won the golden boot or the golden shoe or the European thing where you've got the most goals the year before Larson won it. That's all I ever remember about him. That's how I know how old that guy must be because that was 2000. Larson won it in 2001. He won it immediately before him. So we're talking 13 years ago he was uh, the top scorer in the English Premiership. <laughs> Still going, and he's going to be biting it. <laughs> right, well that's us got to the end and the the podcast last podcast of the season. I done a wee thank you earlier for those that helped with the charity bit, but thanks for anyone that's been on the podcast, Greg and Chris, the main ones, Laurie as well. Laurie done a lot of editing earlier in the season, and Derek Ray came on and. Showed me and Chris exactly how it should be. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, to be honest, that of all the podcasts we've done, that was a definite highlight of the season for yep. me. Aye, it was on. Derek was brilliant. I'm revising my highlight. That was I enjoyed listening to that. I'm schooling you two. Superb. Yep. I remember we're talking about Juventus, and I was kind of blabbering away, going, "I think the stadium's on the <laughs> same site as this." Like, yeah. <laughs> I think they play football and Derek's like, yes. And he went off telling, telling us about how he was at the stadium in 1990 and telling us that, uh, just so many stats up his sleeve, talking about uh, scoring from corners, players that he's seen doing that 20 years ago and things like that. Aye. Showed us up. Showed me up anyway, Chris. You've got uh, stats. I have no, no memory. So. Forget it. He showed us both up. That was, he was absolutely bright. It was one of those podcasts you just shut up let him talk because you could have listened to him for hours. He was absolutely yep. brilliant. I hope to get him back on at some point because I think he was good. I hope he's still involved in Scottish football. Have we resolved this yet? Do we know? <laughs> is he moving over to BT Sport or is he no? Or is he finished? Has he, is he gone back to America to work with ESPN over there? Or? I BT haven't confirmed anything so I, I don't know. I don't know what's yeah. happening with that. They announced the lineup for the Premier League football did they? yeah they've done that a lot of the pundits have been announced but nothing for Scotland so yeah Scotland. I, I just don't know what's happening now if they've got any sense they'll get them signed up aye I'd, I'd like to hear him back doing commentaries he's in demand because he was doing the Champions League final there he said something like the 12th year in a row he's done it yeah. for some channel or other uh, he said he was doing the, the world feed for ESPN maybe He's, he's one of the few guys that talks up Scottish football as well, you know. We could do yeah, more we can't that. Up. We, need, yep. we need many more yep. positive people when it comes to Scottish football because we're far too many doomsayers. So he's, he's definitely yep. one of the positive men. I'd also like to thank everyone that's listened to the podcast because there's been quite a few people listening. There's but broadcasting for the first time live, right? And we've got three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, my mum, your mum, Chrissy's mum. <laughs> well, I say there's three, but unless maybe one of you have got the screen open. It's not me, I never opened it. <laughs> to be it's fair, just... we publicised it about 20 seconds before we went live, so. It was a last minute decision. Aye, there was six earlier, but I went down to three. Such <laughs> an Right, we bored, we bored them to tears. That makes us feel even better. Right, but during the summer, remember and visit forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and sign up and get involved in the banter. And to ensure that you manage to stay subscribed to the podcast for the next season, go to podcast.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and ensure that your pod listener application is pointing to the correct address. And if you're listening via an iPhone, then you don't need to do anything. You can just sit back and chill. You're all right, you're sorted. So unless you're, you, unless you're using a different app on your iPhone like I do, because I use a, an app called Downcast. I don't like the podcast one. <laughs> Downcast brilliant. Yeah. But I've, I have updated Downcast, so I've updated it to the new one. Right, but get yourself signed up for the forum over the summer or else 
and we will be back. I don't know when. I'm. We'll definitely be back before the start of the SPL season, but then it depends when the European European games. Start. I think I think Motherwell. Uh, I think their first European game is Wednesday before the start of the season. End of July you'll be, yeah, because yep, that was the, the thing we never mentioned, is the fact because Celtic beat Hibs, so Motherwell are the team that got into the third qualifying round, not the second, which is oh, where Hibs boy. and St Johnson enter. So Hibs, St Johnson and Celtic all enter middle of July and Motherwell enter yep. end of July. Motherwell's uh, August the 1st, first leg. Celtic, 16th or 17th of July, St. Johnson the 18th and Hibs the 18th of July. Aye. So that's, that's not long. No. Just long enough to go on holiday. <laughs> I think Celtic, I think Celtic plus have got three weeks off. That's what I've heard, yeah. And I'm fairly sure Emilio Azagiri is playing a game for Honduras in the middle of that three weeks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hard life, eh? Aye. Right. But thanks again guys for the podcast over the season and I'll hopefully see you next season fingers crossed well, I've got nothing right. better to do so I'll be here <laughs> I'm in good one Chris well, I'm definitely in anyway right see you then cheers cheers cheers, cheers.